Hi, I'm Jackie Jones and welcome to my podcast, Living Life Being Human, the number one podcast for anxiety, stress and mental health support. Don't forget to click subscribe to be notified of my latest podcast episodes. And if you get any value from this podcast, please support me by leaving a review. It really does help me out and it motivates me to keep making these podcasts. You can connect with me on social media at Jackie Jones Coaching and subscribe to my YouTube channel to get weekly videos all around anxiety, stress and mental health. I hope you enjoy this episode. To introduce my guest to you on this podcast, um, I think I'm up to episode 64 now. And it is the wonderful Jason Greystone. One of the things I love about you is that you break things down so easily so that we can understand it. And you share things both personally and professionally. In fact, you overshare. Um, So I'm going to try and cover a lot of what Jason does, but it might take a while. So here goes. Jason has run a successful number one podcast on iTunes in three different categories, the Always Free podcast. He also has his own amazing YouTube channel with over 57,000 subscribers while this is being recorded. He is the founder of Greystone Education, that again has too many programs to mention, but here's a few. There is the Tears of Freedom Wealth Program, the Elite Tears of Freedom that I believe is a membership program within that, the Sanctuary Portal Mastermind on Facebook, Jason offers so much content, both free and paid for. And next month, Jason's going to be launching the Always Free Show, which I'm really looking forward to. This is going to be based on a chat show theme, and it's going to be streamed live from Jason's office, so we get to see a bit of the inner workings. Um, It will be discussing things with guests on mindset, personal finance, investing, and current topics. There's going to be lots of guests, and it's going to be streamed live on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I don't know how you're going to keep up to date with all of that. Jason's also the author of a book, Always Free. You look like you're getting bored with all of this. Did you realise you did all of this? <laughs> um, so this book's going to be released soon. It's called Always Free, How to Become Financially Free to Live an Inspired Life. Um, what else is there? I'm going to put everything in the show notes because literally there is so much for people to, to listen to. Um, yeah, and one of the things that I've always admired about you is that you talk openly about where you came from and being successful. Um, there's a lot of things you discuss around mindset that just really resonate with me. Yeah, well, look, thanks for, thanks for having me, by the way. Uh, you've really made me feel like I've achieved quite a bit. I've been busy. You have. You've been very busy. And you're such a whippersnapper compared to me. You're still a young lad. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I, I appreciate coming on. Um, yeah, in terms of sharing, you know, I, I feel like being honest and open and uh, being vulnerable is, is really, really important, um, mainly because especially in today's day and age, we look up to too many people and, um, and we have kind of fantasies about what things should and shouldn't look like. Yeah. Um, so when you have that unrealistic expectation, it, it stops you from actually achieving things because whenever you face something that you don't feel is normal or you feel it's a bit more uncomfortable than it should be, you, you back down. Whereas 
if everyone was vulnerable and open and everyone knew where they stood and was honest about their journey, it would inspire a lot more people to overcome certain hurdles and challenges and progress. So I've, I figured that if I was vulnerable and encouraged other people to be vulnerable, then together we would get results and together we would grow. And then that would naturally cause um, people to feel compelled to talk about that with other people and be vulnerable and then kind of like spread like a definitely and you are mega successful there's no two ways about it you know you're not just playing at this you are really successful but I love the fact that you don't stage things you know you're not stood in front of a big detached house with a swimming pool and three Ferraris on the drive or whatever you seem really approachable yeah, I can't, I have to practice what I preach. And, and although, you know, I have nice things and I have a nice life, I, I'm very conscious of, you know, kind of just sprinkling that as inspiration for people rather than rubbing it in people's faces. And I have to practice what I preach. So I'm about frugality. I'm about having it all. I'm not, I'm not about, you know, living beyond your means and taking a big chance that's going to kind of crumble your chances of building anything sustainable. So I have to be seen to be doing what I'm, what I believe in. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's, you know, that is that, that I live my life, how I, how I teach. So yeah. that's, very that, that's the bit that really resonates with me. Cause you know, my mindset isn't the best, even though I'm a psychotherapist and coach, I have dicks like everybody else. And for those people that, that do all of that stuff on Instagram and everything. My reaction is, well, I'll never do that. So there's no point even following them. Whereas with you, it, it's kind of like laid out in front of you that, yeah, it's hard work, but if you do this, this, and this, why not? Why not you? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that really hit home with me. Yeah, I, I think when I, a few years, about seven years ago, I realized that um, I was actually, for the first time, I realized I was actually quite good at taking kind of complex strategies and explaining them in a way where they could connect with people and uh, to, a, to a wider demographic. Um, so kind of bringing esoteric or kind of, you know, strategies that are known by the few and, and able to transfer that onto pe to, to laymen or, you know, people who just weren't thinking that way. And that was, that was, really inspiring to be able to see that penny drop so i just kept doing it and doing it and doing it and and really that's how i go about um you know transferring knowledge now and and i think it's it's great because we're able to reach young people older people people who you know were uneducated and 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 if something isn't quite resonating i know how to use a different fable or story or metaphor so that i can make sure that it can it drops i love yeah. seeing the, the penny drop yeah, I, I love metaphors. I use that a lot. So my son, who's in a lot of your groups, was the one that first introduced me to you. And he said, Mom, there's this amazing podcast. You need to listen to it. Why Always Free? Tell me about the title. So Always Free is, is really a set of principles uh, that I've created throughout my life. Um, and, it, and it, it, can, it can be related to financial freedom because financial freedom, a lot of people focus on the financial part. And, and what they end up doing is they try to focus on the money and then they work harder and longer and then they try and have a high net worth. And then they think that that will be the result in getting them free. 
but about 80 85 90 percent even of of your feeling of freedom isn't related to the money it's actually related to having first of all having a free mind so being able to question things and not allow other people to inject their ideas and opinions onto you and how you should live because if you're allowing that to happen if you are to excel at something and you are to you know overachieve you've got it's almost like a governor it's like a bottleneck because when you get to that point where you're trying to abide by a set of rules that don't match up with the thing that you're trying to do it's going to hold you back and um you know if you can just question things and 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 basically say the person that's giving me that advice you know have they got the result or the person that's telling me to learn in a manual car you know is that just because they were told to learn in a manual car or is it best to learn an automatic so just being really aware of what people are telling you and and just going well is it best for me and, and asking yourself that question a lot of freedom comes from that as liberating and then the next thing is kind of time management and delegation and things like that that a lot of freedom just comes from having your your day planned and and you really see how much time you've got in the calendar when you block certain you know time slots in for you you realize actually how much time you've got and then delegation and then um geographical location so if you're mobile you feel free i mean how many businesses in 2020 just felt really free for the first time ever when they were when they were forced into their homes it was like wow i'm never going back to doing things the way i've done them because this is so much better and and that is the freedom feeling and, and you don't need lots of money to get that feeling so if you focus on being free first the financial side is actually quite quite easy yeah my son also mentioned that he, he, i'm not sure whether it's true or not that always free is because anybody can phone you up and you're always free to do things because you've yeah. got all these strategies in place and it's like yeah i'm always free yeah i can yeah. do that <laughs> the, actual, the actual saying always free came from um yeah whenever we had host like a range of gathering or a party or going out um, I would always kind of say, oh, well, just let me know because I'm always free, you know, whenever, you know, when, whenever. And they were like, you're always free. And it was like, people thought I was a drug dealer or something. <laughs> like, you're always saying you're always free. So it became this kind of thing. And uh, and, and it, it, it is built around those principles. It's about what I've, what I've allowed myself to, uh, to, to, the way that I live my life. Yeah. One of the things I talk about a lot, and I think it kind of connects with a lot of what you were saying then about rules, is I'm trained in transactional analysis. And one of the things that we talk about is our life script. And the theory behind it, there's, a, there's an old Chinese proverb that says, give me the child of seven and I'll give you the man. And basically, a lot of the decisions that we live our adult life by, we made before the age of seven, yeah. which is a ridiculous thing to do. You know, we're living our life now on the decisions that we made as a child with no life experience. You know, a lot of it comes from our parents' views that we just absorb. And when we talk about rules, I often say with clients, you know, they're your rules. You put them in place. The police don't come if you break one of the rules that you've got. And that kind of links into all the mindset stuff for me that you talk about. Yeah, yeah. For, for me, I, 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 you know, I agree. I think what we, what we value most is, is based off of kind of perceived voids in our childhood. And, and 
you know, if, if you had no money as a kid and, and you maybe maybe your parents were arguing, maybe you've got bad memories of what that was about, you, you either carry on that mold and you kind of just associate it with negativity or you take the complete opposite and, yeah. and what you what you perceive to be missing from your life as a kid you then value a lot of and and that's kind of what happened to me so you know i was a, i was a bit of a strange kid uh, i was naturally drawn towards ideas of making money and and freeing up time i, I just was and, and i believe that came from growing up on a on an council estate single parent no electricity bailiffs at the door you know all that kind of stuff uh and, and i think that that's that made me value security and financial security and to be a, a father figure and to you know to to support more and to build wealth to build to, to have stability in my in my financial life 100% and it's inspiration I, I was a foster carer for 13 years and a lot of the I don't know why but we used to have teenage boys it didn't, we didn't have nice little fluffy babies we used to go the, the rough end if you will and you know I, the one of the reasons why I got into psychotherapy was because I wanted to break the chain these were second generation kids in care a lot of the time and people didn't expect them to achieve a lot I was criticised because I would set their expectations quite high. Not so that they'd fail, because to me, you can't fail. It doesn't matter how high you aim. It's about, you know, trying and attempting it. If we've got the bar set really low, once you've reached it, then what? It, you know, <laughs> there's, a big, there's a big bloody area between, you know, a high achiever and a low achiever. So if you hit somewhere in the middle of it, then you, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yep. And, and yeah, I... Like, I, I totally agree. I think uh, it must have been very challenging to, to work with kids of that age, because as you say, you're working against almost how they've been hardwired. And um, it's, it's, it's... The, the police knew us on first name terms, put it that way. They were always remedy. <laughs> but again, you know, one of the, the, the modalities that I work with is, is called ages and stages. And we kind of go through these different stages between the ages of, well, when we're born and 12. But then we recycle it twice as fast as teenagers. So they're, they're an amazing group of people to work with because they can change so quickly. You know, we get stuck in our ways as an adult, but you get them at the right age and they're open to so many new ideas that they will just run with. They've not got that fear a lot of the time of what if I get it wrong? They're like, whatever, I'll try again. Yeah. Incredible. So, yeah, that's really good. One of the other things that you talk about quite a lot is Maslow's hierarchy of need, which kind of goes back to my nursery nursing training as well about our basic needs and what we need. And you, your tiers of freedom a lot of the time is based on stages and moving up those stages to achieve better yeah. things. All of the all of the, the kind of timeless studies have kind of led to a similar thought process of you know, whether it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs or um, Kohlberg's uh, moral development or the tears of freedom um, or our own kind of our own brain the way that works from a from a kind of survival standpoint right through to creative and visionary standpoint that's uh, it's 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 all linked it's all intertwined so when I talk about physiological needs the 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 reason that people struggle with finances is because they try to jump 
the pyramid. And whether let's just pretend that tiers of freedom doesn't exist, and you're just trying to think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Well, if you're trying, if you haven't got your food, shelter, water covered, you can't jump up three rungs of the Maslow's hierarchy and start trying to be creative and risky and take it you it, it you won't be able to do that it's it's not the way that your brain your brain will not allow you to do that and you won't have you won't be able to deal with abstraction you won't be able to deal with um adaptation you just won't be creative because all you're thinking about is survival now um you know fortunately or unfortunately we need cash to survive mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's we do <laughs> for lifestyle and uh, and i think many people don't like to associate the need for cash to live for some reason they've got this thing where oh no i don't need money and by saying that you are literally limiting the amount that you're going to ever accept into your the the truth is this you need shelter you need food and you need water and you need warmth and that all has to be paid for with cash. And as soon as you accept that, you can then start thinking about, right, what, do, what does my physiological needs cost? And you can look at what it costs and then you can say, well, imagine if I could live for three months or six months and I had enough there to cover that for six months, 12 months, two years. Imagine, imagine how my mind would start coming to life and start being able to deal with um, higher degrees of complexity and be more creative and then I can start concentrating on those complexities of investing or putting my, or I can accept a, no, a new level of risk that I couldn't quite handle before so there's an order in which you you deploy your money into investments and build wealth and if you do it that way you will do it the fastest way yeah. if you try jump the gun you're going to be going around in circles because the thing that's making you jump is the thing that's making you not do it at all yeah and i think that's a really valid point you know around money it's a lot of us are quite secretive around it you know we don't tend to talk awfully about how much we earn or you know what's in our bank accounts and things like that even within families you know, yeah. I'm lucky, like I said, my eldest son often talks to my younger son about money and, you know, working smart, not hard. And if you invest now, he's only 16, he's just doing his GCSEs wow. or supposedly. But my 33-year-old saying to, you know, if you put something by now, then just think what you'll be like when you're 20, 25. He's talking about getting a car. He has no means to get a car and bloody insure it. He's living in cloud cuckoo land. But it's kind of like they, they go into school and they're put in this funnel and they come out the other end in a world, one, that none of us expected to be in this year, and two, they've been educated to just get a job and pay the bills and have 20 quid left over at the end of the week if you're lucky. And it's general knowledge, right? It's like a lot of general stuff of information yeah. that is... Uh... They're not taught to be entrepreneurs. They're not talk about investing. Do you know what I mean? The, the basic stuff, I think, a lot of kids should be taught through the education system. Yeah. Oh, totally. I think like one of the most important things you can teach kids is the is the way to communicate in terms of values rather than yeah, understanding that 
nothing's good or bad. People just have different value systems. And when you can understand that and see it in the real world and see how people have different attention spans in different areas and how they, you know, try and manipulate a conversation a certain way or how that, you know, you start to see it everywhere and you can really just appreciate how everyone's, you know, different. And when you can see that, that's when you can start really serving people at a deep level because you can, you can really understand people and you connect with people. Um, but yeah, I agree with you about the education system. It's, it's, it's really, you know, it, it needs some work. Let's say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to put it mildly. <laughs> it doesn't help that we've got such, we've got kids with such uh, abundance of, of opportunity and, and kind of everything at the fingertips but then it's also being conscious of not expecting them to be happy because they've got everything you didn't have as a kid. Because I see that a lot, you know, just because they've got stuff that we wish we had as a kid, doesn't mean that it's this, they've still got voids and they've still got things missing. They're still not happy because that's normal to them. Yeah. And and again, goes back to communicating in values, right? So just understanding that in them and trying to, guide them to do something for experience and not money I, I, that's the biggest trap you know getting a job for money is industry you know it's it's old it's it, if you if you just get a job doing something you're naturally guided towards um which is one of the drivers for me why i do what i do and why i did what i did when my son was born is because i wanted to be able to be able to support him to guide him, you know, not to just take the, the mick and go, oh, try this, I'll throw money at that, try that, I'll throw money, but notice common themes of what his interests are and then guide him in that direction and then go, right, now I'll support you to, to excel there and you can, you know, you'll naturally generate money as a, as a byproduct. It's, yeah. it's an, because you're not, you don't need motivation to go to work. You don't need to go, oh, the bloody alarm clock and all that. Yeah. And, that's really why I, I teach what I teach. I, want people- I think that's really important. We were having a conversation with my son again about, he was saying, well, what shall I do? Shall I go to college or shall I get an apprenticeship? And what shall I, and, you, and one, I don't know when we expect 15, 16 year olds to know what they want to do for the next X amount of years. Oh, I, so I haven't got a clue what I want to be when I grow up. But oh. I was saying to him, it doesn't matter. Don't look at the money at the other side of it. Look at what you're passionate about. What, could you sit in front of a computer doing the algorithms and stuff for the next 20 years? If it doesn't excite you, then that's not where you need to be going right now. Ne- never, ever look at brackets of income that have been categorised by the government or whoever as a decision maker for what you do. Because there's doctors that earn millions per year and there's doctors that earn a hundred grand a year there's fitness professionals that earn 45 pound an hour and there's fitness professionals that earn a thousand pounds an hour it doesn't matter you know there's never a shortage of money there's just a shortage of um imagination and communicating in different value systems so that you can provide a better service so you can do whatever you want and you can earn however much money you want doing anything um and that's that's the truth yeah never be a deciding factor and I, I think you know for my son I talk about him an awful lot bless him he must get fed up a bit but it's a lot of it is like instant gratification 
I want it now. If I can't afford it, then I'll put it on a credit card or I'll borrow it or I'll do something. And yeah, it might last for half an hour and then, you know, the novelty's worn off. So it's it's about them understanding, you know, how the world works. It's not about getting what you want straight away. It's about looking beyond that and, and what else there is out there. And that's quite difficult when you're only 15 or 16. Because of keeping up with people who are also trying to keep up with people and no one knows why they're trying to keep up with people. Uh, and, and instead of just being happy uh, with like figuring out who you are um, and you'll naturally attract those things. So like, if you go down the route of doing what you love first and foremost, you know, take, take this for example, I love creativity. I love music. I love like film and cameras and all technology and all that kind of stuff. I've always loved that. But now because I've decided to surround myself around that and, and work with that, now I can buy all those things for me with my business. Yeah. And now I'm surrounded by technology because I've just attracted it through business. And now I get to spend time around it. So if you, if you, you know, if you love whatever it is, if you decide to go down that route and just pursue that, that dream, eventually you'll be always surrounded by that and then eventually you'll get paid to surround yourself with more and more of that stuff and that's i know that is really difficult to tell kids um and 16 is ridiculously young you know i completely changed my career at 29 30 so just to just to even think 16 and you're you're kind of struggling to figure out what you got to do. You haven't got to figure that out yet. Just try and work in areas that interest you. Yeah, yeah. You know, at least you're going to find some niche within that um, bouncing off of the walls, but eventually you'll lead to the to the ocean, you know? Yeah, and uh, I, I truly believe in lifelong learning. I left school with, you know, they, they were CSEs and all levels when I was at school, it's that long ago. And I left with very little. So all my training and all my qualifications have come as an adult later on. You know, I was quite young when I had kids. And then when they started school, I went back to college and we trained. And, and isn't it funny? Because as most people say, oh, I wish I'd done this. And then they spend their life trying to get back to doing what they wish they'd done to start with. Yeah. And they do night school and night college and all this kind of stuff. But now they've got to deal with getting out of a job or working overtime or doing it at weekends. When if they just done it originally, you know, short-term <laughs> sacrifice for, yeah. for not even a, it wouldn't have even been a sacrifice had you not believed that you had to buy stuff to keep up with people. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, going back to what you said earlier, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot, I, I work a lot with parents and children is, you know, there's neglect at one end of the extreme and then there's overindulging at the other. And I think both are quite damaging for kids. You know, we, we, we want to be middle of the road, you know, not overindulging them. I, I see young adults sort of university who haven't got a clue how the world works because they've just been wrapped in bubble wrap the whole of the life. And then suddenly they're released on society and they feel lost and anxious and scared. Yeah. And, and go, going back to what we said earlier about like values become uh, or voids become values, a lot of the time those those kind of overly entitled, I guess, or, or kind of spoiled, I, I don't know what you want to call it, but, but the, the people that really have no idea about the real gubbins of life, they're usually the ones that kind of go off on, on a tangent, right? They go into, they, they're rebellious and they start going to 
try and rebel against stuff and yeah. be, the, be the outcast. And um, that's because they're seeking that. They're seeking the opposite pole of perf- perfectionism and you know, it, bubble wrap. Yeah, I don't even know what perfect is. I don't. There, there is no such thing. It's like yeah. One of the things I talk about is, you know, if we've got a be perfect driver that I call it, yeah. that we we never get there. So we're constantly up in the ante and feeling disillusioned and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, I'm the first to say I'm perfectly aware that I'm not perfect. I don't even want to be. Oh, there's, there's, uh, yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's a saying as above, so below, which basically means whatever challenges you've got here, you'll have challenges here and here and here and every way along the, 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 the line. So for instance, there's a point at which something's hot and then there's a point at which something's cold, but where is it warm? You know, and where is it cold and where is it hot? And what's that hot in relation to? And what's that cold in relation to? So it's a never ending scale to some people. I was, you know, poor growing up as a kid. Some people I was rich growing up as a kid. Yeah. Some people I'm rich now and to some people I'm poor now. So it, it's just, you know, it's never ending and there is no perfect place that you're going to get to. The perfect place is happiness, which is being able to control your life and choosing how you spend your time. That That's happiness. And I think you're touching on happiness. Again, it's really interesting, but what what is happiness? The first thing I say to people is, how will you know when you've got it? Or how will you know when you've got there? Because it's, it's a thing. It's not it's not an object you can't put it in a wheelbarrow and wheel it off and you know a lot of us are trying to get to this place that we don't even know what that place looks like or what it is oh it's a it's a it's like success what is success i don't i say the same thing about success success is just deliberately working on something that you that that you love that you're naturally guided on if you love to do dancing and you dance every day then you're successful if you're even if you're working at becoming a dancer you're successful if you're and, and happiness is the same just being able to have choice and freedom um and basically fill your day with th- the more you can fill your day with things that you choose to do and love to do the more happy you are you don't think about having to buy stuff to to give quick fixes and all that you're just getting on with it and you know before you know it you're you're in a great place financially it really does work like that yeah and i think when you're in that place that you you feel successful and you feel happy then you radiate that out (laughs) do you know what it that's the time that you pay it forward and kind of do it for other people which i think you know that's i i totally agree with you jackie and i think what you said about me at the beginning of this show about how i i give um a lot of content away for free i think that's why I preach the message I preach that's why I teach what I teach because I think it gives you power when you can come from a place of not needing money yeah when you come from a place of not needing money all you're coming from is love because you've built something to serve someone not needing the money and when you can do that I think people smell it it's just people just can get it because people's bs meter is so finely attuned these days that it's like a breath of fresh air and, yeah. and you just get it. So when you can then go and deliver everything you've got for free, even though you, you can show them everything and they'll still come and work with you again and pay you because, yeah. you know, it's, they want, they trust you. I think that, you know, that, that BS meter that you're talking about, I, 
I offered a course for free on um, exploring anxiety. And the amount of people that commented on it saying you don't get anything for nothing and what's the catch and everything. I couldn't give the bloody thing away. Literally, everybody was like, there has to be a catch to this. It's like, well, no, <laughs> it's free. Go enjoy. But people are so sceptical about mm. what are you getting out of it? What's in it for you? Yeah. And, and look, they're, they're, they're right to a degree. There's no such thing as a, as a free lunch, right? So by me giving giving everything away for free i will naturally attract money because people will want to buy my, yeah. my it works the other way around if you're well even if you're just too cheap eventually people will tell you your prices are too cheap and they'll recommend you and recommend you until you, you need to raise your prices and on the other hand if you're too kind of you're not providing value and you're charging the earth for something you're never going to get a recommendation you're going to feel guilty because you rip someone off and then you'll lower your prices and everything will kind of balance out. So it's always, yeah. be, it's always best to be the other side. Yeah, it's, uh, I'll say, and I just think, you know, your, your knowledge is just so widespread. You know, your, the way that you talk about psychological stuff in a, a layman's term, exactly what you just said in, in a nutshell there is, is kind of how we all are as human beings. You know, yeah. I trained for years working, trying to work out what my own life script was, as well as, okay, how can I use this going forward now? You just have a way to say, well, yeah, let's be honest, this is how it is. <laughs> well, from, from that point, I mean, you can't mark your own exam paper, right? So even a, even the best shrink needs needs checking up on sometimes. And, oh, yeah, and tell me about it. <laughs> when you hear things from someone else, sometimes it just it's just a different perspective that makes it make more sense going back to school i was terrible I, I couldn't retain information so i always felt like i was missing something or i lacked uh it was almost like i felt like i lacked common sense like i just didn't get it i was looking at everyone they were going oh, yeah yeah and i just couldn't get it it was like different language so i became very conscious of, of explaining things in a way that i could understand yeah. uh, you know so and and Turns out I'm stupid, so everyone gets it. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't say that. I, I just, I love metaphors and stories. To me, you know, if, if somebody doesn't get it first time, it's it's kind of my responsibility to get what's in my head into those, however I can do that, whether that's in a story, a diagram, you, you know, whether it's visual or audio, whatever it is, it's about exploring how we communicate with each other. I think somebody said, is it, I don't know, 85% of, of how we communicate is to our body language. It's nothing to do with a spoken word. Yeah. So we can talk until the cows come home. If somebody don't get it, they're not going to get it. We need to switch the way that we're putting it out there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And when you're in a place of kind of self-doubt and insecurity, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll cave in a little bit and you won't be able to, to give that. That's why the most influential people are the ones who have the most conviction in their message and the most confidence in their message and are going out staring into the camera and talking and being confident in their approach they're the ones that will get their message widespread because uh, you know people who don't will self self depreciate and it's yeah. uh, you know we don't we don't want that we want people to everyone's got value in them yeah Every, and everyone's got wealth in them it's just might not just be in the form of 
cash, but you can convert it to cash, anything to cash, because there's people that have great bodies and then there's people that pay fitness trainers. There's people that love kids, but there's people that pay au pairs and nannies. And there's people that love, you know, whatever, you know, that you can make money doing anything. The key is to do something you love and then figure out how to monetize it later. Yeah. So if, if you were to give top tips, I'm not really one for top tips, but I'm going to put you on the spot here. So the first question would be three top tips around mindset. And then the just to finish off would be, what would you tell your younger self? Wow. <clears throat> three top tips around mindset. Okay. First one is... Um, the first one's around self-doubt that one of the it was a, something that one of my bosses told me when i was younger and he said to be in business you have to be in business and what that meant was to to the, the cure for self-doubt and the cure for self-depreciation is just action you know doing something yeah. giving yourself permission to actually do it and learn and fail and it was kind of like when i was at school there was kind of some mental bullying going on, you know, where it was like verbal bullying, never, never physical. And I remember wishing that they'd just hit me so we could get into a, cause once you're in it, that's it. You're in the ruck and it's kind of. It's a really oh, good way oh. of putting it. Yeah. Just hit me, get it over with. Yeah. Yeah. But it was never there. And it was always kind of messing with your head. And the way that you get it is just swing, you know, you just go out and do it and then you're in it and it can only get better from that point can only get better from that point so to be in business you have to be in business is such a great saying for mindset because we feel like we look up to people and we think that it's all perfect straight away or they're gifted but in reality every person is making it up as they go along yeah. they're figuring it out every day i am you are richard branson is elon musk is they've just got challenges at a different level but there's can't tell me that Richard Branson doesn't sit there every day thinking, how can we innovate? How can we do this? How can we do that? He's got challenges. Yeah. He's got problems. And everyone's got that. So we're all human. And the best way to do it is just to muck in, jump off, you know, jump off the cliff, suit up and, and jump. Yeah. That's, that's, that's definitely the, the number one for mindset. Um, the, another, the other one for mindset is around procrastination, because a lot of people uh, that I see they don't start something because and they procrastinate and what i've found just by kind of asking questions really is procrastination you really only get for two reasons one is when you're just doing something that isn't meaningful to you so you're literally beating yourself up for not doing something that you should do why should you do it because you feel like someone else is excelling in it and really you can't be bothered yeah so just allowing yourself to go, do you know what? I don't really care. And if you are really looking up to someone, you're looking up at their strengths and they guarantee that, you, that you've got strengths in a different area that they haven't. So by just asking yourself those questions, you can start to bring them down a peg or two and level the playing field to give you encouragement to, to continue with your journey. So that's really that. So let it go. And then the other side of procrastination is if you've got overwhelm and that just comes from having too much on your plate that hasn't been chunked down and isn't manageable. So, um, you know, a big goal is great to have, but the 
best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time, right? So you need a you need the bite at a time to stare you in the face and not the big, big goal. So definitely go through the goal, chunk it down into sections, chunk the sections down into tasks and the tasks down into do's. And eventually, not only will you have an inevitable roadmap for just ticking those things off to inevitably hit the goal, but you'll also identify the little subconscious things that you're trying to avoid, which which cause you to stop doing the whole thing. Yeah. Because you know subconsciously in there, there's one little task that you don't want to do. But by breaking it out that way, you just pinpoint it and go, right, someone else do that bit. Or, you know, let's find an easy way to do it. Or do that bit last. Let's get yeah. all this. So that's kind of, in terms of mindset and getting stuff done and kind of empowerment, that's really the best things I can share based on what I've seen people struggle with most over the last, over the lockdown and, and you know, the change in dynamic and business landscape and all the rest of it. Yeah, that, that it's interesting because I think I read somewhere that you know companies have always said that they couldn't be purely online. It's impossible. We need a building. We need to work out of this place, and we need a workforce and everything. And literally within three weeks, everybody was doing what they said it would take years to actually do. And a well, lot of my clients now, you know, who used to commute an hour into work and home again, are saying, "I don't want to lose that hour." I don't want to spend that hour in a car driving back to work again. I don't want to do it. I was, I was saying this way back in my last business, you know, when we was in construction and things like that, I was, I was trying to promote Skype meetings and people were like, no, it's best to sit around the table, get the drawing out. And I was like, it's going to take an hour and a half to get into London, half hour of chit chat, an hour and a half in a meeting, hour and a half to get back. You know, your day's gone. Whereas, you could have an hour meeting, click the button, and we're back in the office. And, yeah. and no one would have it. No one would have it. And uh, Now look. Here we are. <laughs> should have invested in Zoom. That's what I should have done. <laughs> so the, the last question to finish up on, what, what would the Jason today say to the Jason who was 20 years old? What would you say to him? Wow. Um, pretty much summarising what I've promoted throughout this entire podcast session of, of really just being who you want to be but uh, there's a saying if you value your time more than you value money you'll end up with plenty of both and you just have to trust that process you know be who you want to be because if you look at most adults they're trying to get back to who they already were and yeah. that's what i'm helping people do i'm not changing people i'm helping them get back to more of who they really are and then helping them build wealth because then it's more effortless so choose you do you put yourself first don't believe in this thing you have to put others first because that's rubbish the most you have to put yourself first primarily and then you can serve more people later on but do you and you'll you'll live you're halfway there yeah i love that i often talk about you know our innate wellness and our innate wisdom and we've got all the answers we just at some point in our life we cover it up with a load of, excuse my friend, shit. And then we try and polish the shit <laughs> instead of looking inside at what we actually are authentically. We're trying to make the best of everything that life's thrown at us that's kind of changed who we thought we should be. Yeah. So that's one of my things is not to polish the crap. Thank you so much, Jason, for, for being on this podcast. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this one. Thanks very much. Thank you. Take care and I'll speak to you soon. 
thanks for listening to this episode of Living Life Being Human podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. And if you got value from this episode, please share it so that others can get value from it. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube at Jackie Jones Coaching or you can visit my website jackiejones.co.uk and click on the free resources tab at the top of the page for all my free and paid support. Thanks for listening. Thank you.